Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Monday here on the Osmo YouTube channel with Greg Ehrenberg. I am Adam Cothman. I don't know. You get, some call me Beardless Adam, like our friend El Negro Loco hanging out in the chat. I did get a fresh shave this morning. So just for you, my guy. And then, of course, uh, you know, Tinder Lake, Nerd Ass Greg, Nag. I mean, call the man whatever you want, as long as you're at least reasonably kind to him. This right here is the PJ Washington Appreciation Show because he has just been going off lately and winning some people some money, and helping me win some lineups as well, Greg, which I always appreciate. Yeah, so beardless Adam, but what people are missing out on it is mustache Adam, because those <laughs> those pictures had surfaced on, on Twitter, I don't know, maybe like a year ago or so. I, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I'm, you know, fairly up to date on my Adam Kaufman social media activity, even if he doesn't follow me on Twitter. But yeah, I mean, there was, there was, there was a, I, I don't, I don't follow you either. So it's whatever. It goes both <laughs> ways, but, but there, but yeah, the, the picture of you in, in a mustache, that was uh, how, th- when you were in college or something like that? No, I, that was like earlier in the pandemic. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was not that. I mean, I, I did have one for a brief time in college, but no, I brought it back for the first time in, I don't know, more than a decade, all of like, two, three months ago, just, you know, had a big bushy beard and shaved it. And then as, as men often do when shaving their beards, you, you, it's, it's a gradual process of, well, what about the goatee? What about the whatever? What about the mustache? What about things that you don't take pictures of? And then, you know, I I rocked a little Tom Selleck for a little while, although it, I mean, paled in comparison, but what can I say? I, I had to, I had to. Yeah, well, what you looked like is you looked like one of those uh, like drug enforcement officers who skims off the top. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I, I think we're going with this. Really, I looked like I was showing up for like a Tacoma FD or Super Troopers casting call. Yes, yeah, it definitely looked like uh, it definitely looked like you you pulled some people over and giving them tickets for. Yeah, driving I heard you guys five. are looking for extras. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. Yeah, can I help? <laughs> yeah, it was not a uh, it was not a Burt Reynolds. Tom Selleck manly mustache it was it was it was just there for the ride you know what I mean well it looked like you put out a fire though like that, you looked <laughs> yeah. you, you looked it, it looked it looked time. it looked more masculine than I've ever looked in my entire life oh don't beat yourself up 
let us do that for you. Thanks everyone for being with us and jump on into the YouTube chat, the Osmo Premium Slack channel, whatever it is. We will monitor your comments. We are here with you for the better part of an hour. And of course, as mentioned, a seven game slate tonight. So uh, just in general, I will look ahead to tonight, but I, I always do like the the momentum element of things. It's not so much a narrative. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. But carryover, just looking back at at last night, anything that that you learned from that slate last night, performances last night that make you feel a certain way going into today? Um, no, not really. I mean, like you said, PJ Washington's been really good. That's been uh, an impact, though, mostly of Cody Zeller being out sure. and PJ Washington having to play more center minutes. And Cody Zeller's questionable to play today. So, yeah, PJ Washington's been great. But, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter if Cody Zeller comes back because that's going to pinch his minutes a bit. Yeah. And that's going to limit the amount of minutes he plays at center. So, uh yeah, I mean, th there's certain injuries, and the other one also, Devontae Graham, he's been he's been out for the Hornets, and he could be returning tonight. So just guys who have played well that might be playing less well because other other guys getting healthy on their team. Yeah, certainly no Gordon Hayward either lately. So, you know, someone has had to pick up some points, like you said, and obviously Washington yesterday going from north of 40, talking real points. And then, of course, fantasy points. He was up over 60, which was nice to see. But tonight with this, uh, you know, I don't know, it's not a mini slate. It's not a full slate, just somewhere right in the middle. It's it's a uh, it's a sweet spot, really. In general, when you're looking at at lineup construction, do you like the seven game slate as opposed to, say, the the five gamer or the, you know, 13 gamer? Yeah, I mean, anything from like five to nine games is good for me, just because ideally I want it to be where there's a group of players that I like as plays mm -hmm. relative to ownership. I want there to be some good chalk plays, some good value plays, but I don't want it to be where there's three games where there's not enough of them, but I also don't want it to be where there's 13 games where there's so many of them that I just don't know what to do with which players like the best. Because, I mean, when you get like a full slate where there's 12, 13 games or something like that, you end up with, by the time the slate locks, there's like 30 viable value plays. A lot of them look really similar projection-wise. And then I go to build lineups like, well, I don't know how to differentiate between a lot of these guys. So I feel like right around seven games, that, that really is, to me, around the perfect amount just because I'm going to get I'm gonna get a certain amount of plays that I think are good value plays. There's going to be a couple of good payup options. But I'm not overloaded with with too many choices. Got ourselves a super chat nice and early from Andrew says, what's up, guys? Last night, Eric said PJ would soak up backup center minutes. High pace game seemed like a smash spot. So I had him in 90 percent PJ, LOL and uh, cash. So great. And thanks. It's, this is why we tell you, you know, obviously we, uh, whoever is is on and hosting or, or commentating on the NBA strategy show to start off your day Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, it's it's great, you know, much like the process early in the day with Josh, it, it wets your whistle, gives you that, that early research for what the day is going to look like, but you really want to jump in over the course of the day and you get into the tip off and you get into live before lock and late before, you know, live before lock, the late edition and all that stuff, you, you want to watch those shows in particular, not to say I'm saying don't watch us, but you really want to pay attention to those because as we've talked about all the time, Greg, so much changes over the course of a day, whether it's minutes, you know, limits that come out from coaches, guys who are in, guys who are out. The late scratches in the NBA this year have been like never before, whether it's because of COVID protocols or just guys load management, rest nights, whatever it may be, not guys not playing back-to-backs. We are seeing so much movement over the course of the day, especially in that hour before before lock like I mean really unlike any time I can remember 
Yeah, and then I mean, like you said, I mean, we got lots. You wet your whistle in the morning, then we got the tip off, then we got the you know the 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 sweat and swap and suck and spit. Just so there's like, I mean, there's all kind there's all kinds of stuff that we have going on on the schedule. So sounds like a trip to the dentist. Nah, that's it sounds like other things, but but that's also <laughs> yeah, why, but, but but that's also why everybody should subscribe to the YouTube channel because we have content that's going to be on. We're, we're like twenty four seven. This is like a, this yeah. is like a full uh, full never ending network. So. You subscribe and you find out when everything goes live and uh, yeah, help, help Adam and I stay alive on the channel. Because like we said, if, if we don't get enough subscribers, we won't get enough likes during the show. Jordan Klein, the producer, he beats Gone. us as soon as the show goes off. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bad news. If this show doesn't get at least 200 likes, we're sitting at 50 plus already, which is great to see if we don't get at least 200 likes by like, I don't know, the 40 minute mark of the show. So you got another 30 minutes to go. Plenty of time, I would think, with more than 200 watching. Jordan's just going to turn us off. He's not going to care whether we're done reviewing the games or not. He's like, I'm out. I have a certain, we have a like threshold that we need to hit before Jordan just gets pissed and says, I have better ways to spend my morning because that's how he quantifies success is through YouTube likes. Yeah. And then he, and then he kicks me in the balls if we don't get enough. It happens. It happens every other show. It's uncomfortable. I don't like it. They play a game of Rochambeau. It's really quite a thing. All right, top plays tonight. James Harden, who was projected for north of 60 fantasy points by our own Osimo, Alex Baker, and a great value spot as well, 5.5x. Uh, you got almost 6x for Dame Lillard, who is you know, taking on Charlotte, talking about, uh, of course, the Hornets, and we'll get to that game a little bit later. Right around 60 points as well, Nick Jokic, no surprise, projected for something very similar. Luka Doncic, not far behind. Joel Embiid in the 50s, as is Nick Vucevic. You got DeMontis Sabonis, Zach Levine, LaMelo Ball, Kyrie Irving, assuming he plays, Victor Oladipo on down. So a lot of guys who you could say are compelling plays, a lot of guys who are in great spot. Most of the ones that I just mentioned are projected for 5X value. So who stands out to you most? Who do you like best on this slate right now? Yeah, so we have, uh, at least on the high end, Harden, Doncic, and Lillard are all projected in the neighborhood of 20% ownership on DraftKings. And then on FanDuel, uh, Harden a little more popular, coming in over 30% ownership, as goes for Damian Lillard also. Uh, but still, I think that all that all makes sense to me when I'm comparing the high end options like those guys you just guys just mentioned. Uh, then also some of the the big men, the center options. Uh, Joel Embiid is actually questionable to play. Uh, Sabonis is up there also. Amongst all those guys, I do lean towards Lillard and Harden as the top pay up options on the slate right now. Uh, with the amount of value that's available to us right now, it's probably going to be difficult to fit both of them into lineups together. But uh, like we said, the slate always changes and uh, there stands to be a pretty good reason that there's going to be a whole bunch of value that opens up sometime later in the day. And then it'll possibly be a little bit easier to fit all those guys in. Uh, so right now, as we look at it, though, those would be the primary payoff options for me, Harden and Lillard. And probably a little easier to fit in Dame right now, just because he's a decent amount cheaper on both FanDuel and DK and just the overall kind of lack of value, at least as we're looking at it at 10 in the morning Eastern time. The game's in a moment. First, I want to tell you about our sponsor, No House Advantage, taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across, of course, the association MLB, which is back NFL not far away in PGA after another fun weekend and a win for Colin Morikawa. Cash prizes are available to you. Of course, this exclusively peer-to-peer fantasy sports platform levels the playing field, makes it easier for you to win real cash as compared with your traditional DFS sites. Best part, you can join for free today. You love to see it. Download the No House Advantage app. Sign up using the promo code AWESOMO to get a first match deposit up to $20. Beat your friends, not the house, and win big 
with player props today. So make sure you do that. And while you're here, again, smash that like button. We greatly appreciate you. Okay, let's go to the first game that we're going to look at here of the seven. That is Dallas in Orlando, the Mavs first. And uh, Luka Doncic, as mentioned, and you talked about him as well briefly. He is in a great spot, 5x uh, value, almost 5.5 from Alex. He is projected for right around 56 fantasy points. That's on DK. You could, you know, look to pay down, I guess, at some different places, whether that's Chris Tapps, Porzingis, uh, assuming he plays, Josh Richardson, Jalen Brunson, you know, Maxi Kleber, guys like that. But it would seem to me, at least right now, it's sort of Luka or bust on that side. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of interest in this team. Um, in terms of the production for the Mavs, it's been really focused along uh, on uh, Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis when everybody's healthy. So for a while, they had a really shortened rotation because uh, they had a bunch of guys in and out of the lineup because of COVID and whatnot. Um, but now they have a full roster. So we're seeing the production and the minutes a little more spread out amongst the role players. So guys like Jalen Brunson, Josh Richardson, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, there's been moments where these guys have had decent games, but it's really hard to count on any of them to reliably say like, hey, I think this guy's going to play over 30 minutes and score around a fantasy point per minute that doesn't really exist for those guys. So then we're usually left picking in between Porzingis and Doncic uh, for high-end options. And the issue with Luca for me, it's just I prefer other guys on a high-end that I mentioned before. So James Harden's a higher priority play for me. Uh, Damian Lillard's a higher priority play for me. So with that in mind, I'm, I'm just not really getting to Luca in the initial builds that I've done. And then Kristaps Porzingis, he is uh, currently probable to play dealing with some lower back stiffness. That's enough for me to be a little wary of his potential playing time. I don't know if they're going to extend and play massive minutes in this game. And then the pace of play is another issue. Also, this game is a 221 total. That's the second lowest on the slate. So I don't really think it's the best game environment for fantasy points. So the Mavericks are, are one of my least favorite teams to target on this slate. Quarren in the chat says, just smash that like button, drop the phone in the dishwasher. Hopefully you got that jet dry going so that it uh, wasn't problematic for your phone. Appreciate the support. Just don't break your devices. Yeah, Orlando. you could, you, you could, yeah. you could uh, like the video without breaking all your technology doing it. You just, you, yeah. you just press the button. Like, it's not that complicated. You just press the button and you carry on with your day. You don't have to, you, you don't have to throw your phone away to do it. Yeah. I and mean, we always say, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's for some reason that, it started with somebody and everybody followed suit when it's on YouTube or wherever else, like smash that like button. You don't need to abuse the thing. You don't need to hurt it. Don't break your tech. Just, you know, gently tickle the like button a little bit. Just make it feel good. That's all right. Just, just, just put it in a happy place and it, you know, turn the, uh, turn the thumbs up blue. That's all you're looking for. Yeah. I, I mean, that, I, that, I don't know if that came off what's, the way you, you were <laughs> I don't know if that was uh, came off the way you were intending it to. <laughs> One never knows. All yeah, right, Luca, Luca, obviously the good player on the Dallas side. So let's go to the other side. Take a look at Orlando here. You got Nick Vucevic, Evan Fournier, obviously with uh, Aaron Gordon still out. He has been producing well. You could pay down. You could look to the likes of Dwayne Bacon, Al Farouk Amino. They are in good spots as well. So, you know, I know you said you, you don't have a, a lot of interest in this game in general, the lower total, but you must have some more compelling plays for Orlando at least. Uh, not really. I have, I have a moderate amount of interest in Al Farouk Aminu, uh, just because he's so cheap and his minutes are starting to trend up. Amino has been a decent fantasy producer in the past. And if you look at his minutes over the last handful of games, uh, 19, 21, 23, 23. So his minutes are slowly starting to trend up. Not that I'm expecting him to play, uh, you know, anything like 30 plus minutes or anything, but he is somebody who the Magic signed to a somewhat decent sized contract in the offseason. He is starting for them now. So I think the 
the idea is eventually to ramp him up to playing full workload for a starter. And so I think that if we could get somewhere around 25 minutes for him at his current price point, he is 3,700 on FanDuel. And then on DraftKings, Aminu is at uh, 3,800. So especially because as of right now, the way the slate looks, depending on the Hornets injury news, there's not a whole lot of value on the slate. So Aminu is somebody who, if I'm going to project him for around 20 fantasy points, it's going to make him somebody they want to get to on both FanDuel and DraftKings. So- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm able to fit some of the some of the higher price guys like James Harden and Damian Lillard into my lineups that I talked about before. We're going to move to the next game, but just so you know, Dustin says everyone should caress the like button. Again, be gentle with the thing. Uh, Strammy says uh, that I'm allergic to saying Nikola. Nikola Jokic. Uh, also, uh, take the like button out to eat before smashing, says Dan. Again, be, <laughs> ni- be nice to the like button. This is all we're telling you. Just be polite to it. Give it a compliment every once in a while. <laughs> all right. In- let's go to Indiana and Philadelphia. For the Pacers, DeMontis Sabonis, who I want to play every single day, admittedly, is probably not in the best spot tonight. Same for Malcolm Brogdon. You could make a strong case for Justin Holiday. He is expected to return value and is not, you know, priced up. He's right around 5,100. Who do you like on the Pacers? All right. So we have to talk about the injury news here. Malcolm Brogdon, he's questionable to play with him out last game. TJ McConnell started in his place and ended up being one of the best point guard plays on that slate. So Malcolm Brogdon, I don't know what his status is going to be. Still list this questionable. We haven't had an update from him. But last game against the Knicks, TJ McConnell played 46 minutes in a regulation game without um, without Brogdon active. So, it, I mean, it looks like they're going to give uh, they're going to give McConnell all the minutes he can handle if Brogdon isn't there. So it is impossible to not have TJ McConnell as a core play if Malcolm Brogdon isn't in after all those minutes that he played. We also have Jeremy Lamb. He's questionable to play. So if he's out, then we can look to Justin Holiday and Doug McDermott to get extended minutes. If both these guys are in, Brogdon and Lamb, then I don't really think there's much to like at all from the Indiana side of the game. Uh, Sabonis, he's had a bunch of big games as of late. Like you said, you like him. I like him too in general as a fantasy producer, but we start to talk about what his price is and the opportunity cost of rostering him. And DeMontis Sabonis is 10100 on DraftKings. Uh, Damian Lillard is 10400 So I would much rather pay the $300 extra to get to Damian Lillard, who I've projected for about 10 more fantasy points mm-hmm. than, than Sabonis on this slate. So with, with the two of them being close in price, but not close in projection, that's going to make it really difficult to prioritize paying up for Sabonis. And then for those other guys, like I said, it's just going to depend on what the status of Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb is. And then transitioning over to the Philly side of the game, Joel Embiid is questionable to play. Whether he's in or out has a massive amount of sway on how good the Sixers defense is because Embiid's one of the most impactful defensive players in the league. So there's also something that could greatly alter how positive or negative a matchup this is for Indiana. All right, how about on the other side here for Philadelphia, Joel Embiid, who, you know, yes, he's got to contend, obviously, with Sabonis on the other side defensively, but he is uh, projected for a whole lot of points, up over 50. Again, 5X value for him. Not far behind Ben Simmons, uh, either in terms of point production projections, who is, uh, he's at, I don't know, right around 45, let's call it. Obviously, it depends kind of where you're looking, but then also you have 
uh, 5x value for him. You could make a case for Tobias Harris. You can make a case for, you know, Seth Curry, Danny Green, guys like that. But, it, you know, kind of like how we were talking about Dallas and Luka, it sort of feels like it's it's Embiid at the top of the heap naturally. And then after that, not a whole lot of interest. But that's, you know, from this chair. How about yours? Yeah, well, another one. It depends who's playing. Joel Embiid is questionable to play. Tobias Harris is questionable to play. So if everybody's in, then yeah, the pricing's pretty fair across the board, but there's so much value that opens up right. if one or both of these guys get rolled out and it's hard to know what that's going to look like as of right now. So, I mean, we've seen Furkan Korkmaz uh, start recently in a game without Tobias Harris. So if Korkmaz is going to start at a cheap price with no Embiid and no uh, Tobias Harris out there, then he would be somebody who would be worth considering. Uh, he only ended up playing 20 minutes in his start last game. He ended up he only started the first half, and then it was uh, Mike Scott started the second half. But still, if we're going to get a start from Furkan Korkmaz again, and he ended up with a 26% usage rate last game, then he would be a value play to consider. Uh, and then if Joel Embiid's out also, maybe Dwight Howard ends up moving into the starting lineup. That's what I think they would do, uh, just because the the Pacers front court is so big with Miles Turner's and DeMontis Sabonis that this is one of the games that I think the Sixers would need Dwight Howard to match up against that big front court. They've gone to Tony Bradley at times this year. Sometimes they've started Dwight Howard. Sometimes they've started Matisse Thibel and just gone with really small lineups. Uh, but it, it's still, it's something we need more injury news to know what's going on with Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. And then also what the starting lineup is going to be for the Sixers. Because the Sixers could be their team I want no interest in, or if the injuries break right, it'll be one of my more exposed teams on the slate. So uh, this time of day, there's a whole bunch of guys listed on the injury report, and uh, it, it's hard to know who the top plays are on some of those teams until there's more info given out. Quarren here says in the YouTube chat, uh, man, it's like these shows are so great, and then we get to the 6 p.m. injury report. It changes a lot, but Osmo, stay on top of the updates. You're working hard. Appreciate y'all, which is a lot. You know, it's it's like we said, if you're joining us late here, and I know, Quarren, you've been here from the beginning, but if you're tuning in a little bit late, the show started 20 minutes ago. It's why we always like to reiterate you want to make sure you stay on top of the news as it changes over the course of the day. It's why the way, you know, Greg is presenting some of this information. He's hedging some of it because we just don't know whether, you know, player X is going to play, player Y is going to play. We only have what we know right now and act accordingly. But it is a good time to remind you, stay on top of the DFS news with the Osmo NBA Twitter handle. That is at Osmo NBA. Our guy, News God, who, of course, is hanging out there with the wrench in the chat. Delivering the latest on injuries, starting lineups, minutes, limits, and uh, a whole lot more daily before locks. Make sure you give at Osmo NBA a follow and check out News God's Twitter handle as well. It is at News God, N E W Z G O D underscore DFS. And catch our pal Adam Ship My Money's deep dive article. It's free this season to prepare you for the slate. It is a comprehensive, very full read. Greg has written it in the past as well. It's a great article and a, a whole lot of depth on each side of every single game to get you prepared. And it comes out late in the day, so a lot closer to lock when you know a little bit more of what's going on. And then updates to follow as well when everything does break that is significant. So must read when you're playing NBA DFS. And I want to add as well, Greg, this is important. Osmo is giving away 30 weekly passes, 30 weekly passes when we reach 30,000 Twitter followers on the main Osmo channel. That is Osmo underscore com, Osmo underscore com. And at the moment, I just pulled it up at the moment, sitting at 29,920. That means 80 followers away, 80 followers away from getting 30 weekly passes given out, which uh, I mean, I don't want to speak for Greg, but if that happens during this show, 
I think we can take all the credit for that. So go to Twitter and go to at Osmo underscore com. Give it a follow. Get to 30K so we can celebrate that. I'm pulling up. So the exact number, uh, it's hard to see. It's 29.9K. I was wondering if there was a place you click on Twitter. They give you the exact you number. Can. You can but... just scroll over it with your, your little mouse there. It's uh, not, 20, not on my phone. 20, well, not on your phone, maybe. But on uh, on the laptop for us doesn't work listen listen to jordan jumping in yeah but he's giving me he's giving me bad information he's trying 20, to 29 9 20 that's what 20, i'm looking at so all we right get ourselves 80 more we can take all the credit for getting the awesome twitter handle to thirty thousand. yep we would have picked up all thirty thousand, just yep. you and i mm-hmm. uh they had, they had zero when we started the show yep. and now almost thirty thousand. just uh, created it yep it's amazing a, what can be done give us a raise and you're welcome awesome yeah, I mean, obviously, we we will personally decide who gets all those thirty passes as well. Yeah, I don't want to say that because then somebody's gonna get mad at me. Which, uh, which actually, I usually welcome people getting mad at me on the internet. So yeah, kind of, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm so we're I'm responsible. Just to Greg's friends and family. Yeah, I'm I'm responsible for giving away all the all the weekly passes. They're gonna go away to Greg Ehrenberg two on Twitter, Greg Ehrenberg three, <laughs> nerd ass Greg on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just just come get mad at me on Twitter. There you go. So again, go to Twitter and uh, give that a follow at Osmo underscore com. Let's keep going. Denver and Chicago here and the Nuggets. Uh, Nikola Jokic, Nick Jokic is sitting at uh, about five and a half X value here on DraftKings projected for almost 60 points by Alex. You get uh, Jamal Murray, who is projected for 40 plus, but not nearly in as good a spot value wise. You could pay down. You've got uh, Monty Morris, who is projected for 5x value as well at uh, right around 25 fantasy points you know clearly it's it's always Jokic I mean Jokic is almost never in a bad spot so he's in a good spot here anyone else that you are drawn to on the Denver side well here's the good news uh nobody's on the injury report so this is a this is a healthy team but here's here's the bad news for DFS we have so many guys who are injured right now and on the and on the injury report guys who are questionable play that's going to open up a lot of pricing value. And as of right now, the pricing is just pretty much fair across the board for Denver because they don't have any of those injury situations. So Michael Porter Jr., who's finally starting to play a little bit better, I think at the 6,500 price tag, he's viable on FanDuel, but not nearly as strong of a play as when he was 5,700 and we all rostered him for three weeks and he just had bad game after bad game. But he finally starts to play better and the price goes up a little bit. And now it becomes... uh, less less strong of an option but the small forward pool is fairly weak on FanDuel uh so with that in mind Michael Porter Jr. is somebody who I'm getting to uh in about 15 percent of my lineups on my initial builds uh as for Jokic he's not a fade for me but once again he's a low priority play just because I'm prioritizing Damian Lillard and James Harden on the high end so Jokic a little bit of a stronger play on FanDuel than DraftKings um but not not somebody I'm dying to jam into my lineups either. And then the other role players on the team, Will Barton, Monty Morris, Campazzo, uh, PJ Dozier's back in the mix now. Mm-hmm. Just it, it it's nobody who stands out to me as a, as a strong play. They're all they're all about fairly priced. 
sitting right around 500 people watching concurrently, which is wonderful to see, obviously. But we need to get to 200 likes again by the 40 minute mark of the show before Jordan just turns us off. So we've got about 13 minutes roughly to do that and uh, 60 likes away, which piece of cake. Uh, Bobby wants to know real quick. This is not related, but I want to bring it up because I just think it's going to be, you know, a funny response from you. The uh, the the comedian here. Bobby says, Greg, what do you say to people who pick on you? Because I get the same thing. He's looking for quips. Oh, I just, honestly, I tell people, here's, here's the deal. Also, I tell people to keep doing it because here's at least that's how, that's how I found is, is the best way to market the shows that I am on. Mm-hmm. Like the, like the late night show, the, the late night swap and like whatever the whole, the the whole bunch spit. of, yeah, all that yeah stuff. like there, there's other right. things in there too, but yeah, like I, but so I've found that if I encourage people to troll me, it, it kind of adds to the show. And then it also, I've noticed that the more people that troll me, the more views I get on the show the next day. So I just, I just embrace it and roll with it. People, people, people come, they, they punch you once you go, that's all you got. You ask them to hit you again harder. That's what you do. And then cries himself to sleep at night. Ah, and when I get up in the morning, but that's, that's neither here, that's <laughs> oh, neither no, here nor there. Another day of this, <laughs> but, you gotta be kidding me. But that's Ooh. neither here nor there. Let's go to Chicago here. Zach Levine, a guy that, uh, again, I mean, fittingly, deservingly, an all-star, should have gotten in first go-around. He is, uh, you know, excellent, obviously. He's doing very well. And, you know, but from a fantasy standpoint, maybe not in the best spot tonight. Uh, Kobe White, similar. You know, you can make the same kind of argument, although obviously the price is much cheaper. So if you're more inclined to slide him in as kind of a a mid-tier guy, and that might appeal to you. And this is based on what we know right now, and who knows what value becomes available later in the day, as we always say. But who do you like, if anybody, on the Bulls here? Uh, So as a FanDuel-specific play, uh, Kobe White in the mid-range, only picking up single-digit ownership and at a 5,900 price tag. If you look at Kobe White's uh, last handful of games, his minutes have gone up ever since there was a game where he kind of randomly got benched in favor of Thomas Sadoransky at halftime. And ever since then, I don't know if that was a motivational thing to wake him up. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but ever since then white has played way better. Um, he, he did briefly leave a game the other day with a knee injury, but it doesn't look like it's going to be an issue. He's not on the injury report today, but last four games in terms of his Fandle pri- uh, points, 32, 42, 32, 28, and some of those in, in uh, tough matchups, like last game against the Suns. But, I mean, today he gets a matchup against Denver. Denver struggled uh, more than expected this year. So the 5900 price tag on Kobe White, he looks like somebody that's worth going overweight to the field on in the mid-range. But other guys, once again, there's no real pricing value here. Uh, Zach Levine is pretty expensive as a payup option, and there's other guys in the high end that I'm prioritizing over him. Uh, on FanDuel, we have... Uh, Zach Levine's 9,300, James Harden's 10,700. Obviously, that's a bit of a a, a pretty significant uh, gap in price tags, 1,400. But I have James Harden project for so many more fantasy points than Zach Levine that it's hard for me to not prioritize trying to find the space to get up to James Harden. So other guys on Chicago, I'm not getting to. It's just mild interest in Kobe White on FanDuel, and that's about it. Let's keep moving then. Exactly halfway through this show and a few games still to get to. Utah and New Orleans, beginning with the Jazz here, who are, of course, on the road. You got uh, Rudy Gobert is probably in the best spot. Not even probably, definitely in the best spot of anybody, at least on the Jazz side of things. Donovan Mitchell, he's a, you know, slight payup option. You know, still not super expensive. 8600 on uh, DK, for instance. Mike Conley, you could pay down a couple grand and... Uh, you know, get him for possibly similar production, at least similar value, but it would seem Gobert is in the best spot. 
Yeah, and so the other thing, too, that's notable about this game is the Pelicans started the season by playing at a much slower pace than last year and also playing much better defense. If you watch the Pelicans game recently, that has not been the case. They have been playing in some really high-scoring games, and the point totals they've allowed in recent games, they've allowed 117 points, 129, 118, 115, 132, 126, 123, 143. That's just their last handful of games. They've been playing in a ton of really high-scoring games lately and giving up a whole bunch of points. So it looks like there's a little bit of a change going on in New Orleans and uh, not quite the same defense and pace that they were playing at earlier in the season. So with that in mind, uh, this is a pretty favorable matchup for Utah. The primary play for me is going to be Rudy Gobert. I'm almost always projecting him a little bit higher than most other people, uh, which I'm fine with. Um, not- hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Picking up a whole lot of ownership right now. And definitely somebody that I'm going to be uh, decently overweight to the field on. Uh, specifically on FanDuel, where he's only projected for 7% ownership. I think a pretty favorable 7,700 price tag. Like I said, a favorable matchup. So uh, Rudy Gobert is somebody who I like a decent amount. And then uh, Mike Conley coming back to action. Uh, as long as he doesn't have any kind of minutes restriction, he's somebody else that I'm going to like. He is 6,200 on FanDuel. And then on DraftKings, he is at, I think there's about a similar price. 6,500. Uh, 6,500. Uh, 6, oh, 65, yeah. Uh, Mike Conley in single-digit ownership, just what I consider this to be, like I said, a strong matchup. I think it should have a pretty decent uh, pace to play. The game is a 235 and a half total. It's the highest on the slate, so... Mike Conley, somebody else who I'm looking at. But with him back in action, that's going to take a little bit away from Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, and Joe Ingles. So the two guys that I like the most here, it's uh, Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley. Aaron says, feel like it's a tough slate, one of those ones where we have a lot of nice spend-ups, but uh, a lot of value as well. Hopefully. I mean, right now we've, uh, you know, we've outlined a lot of the better plays that are in the upper echelon. Ultimately, some of these mid-tier, even some of the top plays are going to get ruled out, and that's going to create some value. It always does. Yeah, and enough, I mean enough games to choose from. Yeah, so if you just look at it now, there's there's not a whole lot of guys that stand out where it's like, oh, this guy's a great points per dollar play and is priced sub 4K. But mm. there's a whole bunch of injuries we've talked about that are going to open up some of those values. And I don't know which guys are going to get ruled in or ruled out because I mean I don't know nothing, right? Like, well, I know people think I've got the inside, I've got the inside word to the to the Warriors uh, coaching staff, and they're texting you know, me as soon as dial for Kerr. Oh yeah, they they as soon as players are getting ruled out, they're texting me, so I know before the public. But I mean, I really don't know anything in terms of which guys are going to be ruled in or ruled out. So if I see somebody's listed as questionable, I'm generally assuming it's about a fifty fifty chance if they play or sit. 
And then you consider that we've said, I don't know, the names of like six key players so far that are questionable to play. So mm-hmm. if we just consider that means probably three of them are so we're going to get ruled out, that's going to open up a whole bunch of value. So I don't know which guys it's going to be, but there's definitely going to be value somewhere. Corey here says, uh, Bink the $2 single entry on FanDuel last night. Man, appreciate you guys and all the hard work that you do. That's a uh, super chat right there. So we thank you, Corey. Thank you. All right. Let's go to uh, other side of that game here that we were just talking about with the Jazz, the Pelicans. And uh, I don't know. I mean, there's obviously there's always Zion, there's Ingram, there's Lonzo, Adams, you know, certainly. But nobody jumps out at me as far as a guy like, I got to get him in my lineup tonight. No, especially not playing against Utah. Utah has been at least the best regular season team in the league to this point. Their defense is so difficult to score on, both from a real-life and fantasy perspective. They mute a lot of fantasy production. So with that in mind, it, on a slate where there's a bunch of good uh, spend-up options, I, I can't see myself prioritizing Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram. Uh, the cheap guys here, nothing really stands out from that standpoint either. Uh, Lonzo Ball, Steven Adams, Josh Hart, Eric Bledsoe. It, it's just kind of guys who they've had – not too many massive games as of late. Like they generally need either Zion to get in foul trouble or somebody to be out for one of those guys to really go off. And the other thing also is that none of them have super favorable price tags either. So like Josh Hart for a while, he was playing decently well, but now he's up to 4,800 on FanDuel and on DraftKings. He is up to 5,000. So a couple of weeks ago, we were able to roster Josh Hart like 4,000 or 3,800 and then he made for more of a viable cheap play, but not where his price currently is. And then also when you consider how difficult the matchup is against Utah, uh, this is another team that I think we could stay away from just because eventually, like I said, there's going to be a whole bunch of good pricing value on the slate. Even if we don't know who those guys are right now, it's, it's going to exist uh, before lock. 15 more likes in the next five minutes. Jordan's got us. A- Finger on the on the trigger. Guys getting ready to turn us off, so make sure you get us there. Also want to tell you, get access to all the great Osmo Plus tools and content for nearly every DFS sport out there, even NASCAR. It's true. Obviously, there was a race yesterday. You could check out Fantasy Cruncher for NASCAR if you want to. It's all available to you with the Osmo Plus Weekly Pass for $29.95, not even 30 bucks a week. You love it. This includes full access to all the premium content and tools on Osmo.com, stuff that we are shouting out Uh, often I am certainly uh, talking a lot about projected whether it's uh, points or value or ownership or whatever it may be it's all available to you Alex does a great job among others compiling that stuff and uh, of course you got the premium slack channel as well which is a great little community here and uh, a lot of great breaking news especially for the NBA and on that note if you're only interested in the NBA you don't want all the other sports that's okay you can get a deal only uh, it is $16.95 a week for the weekly NBA package. That's it. It's all you got to worry about. And so uh, make sure that you uh, join the family here, become part of it. And we uh, appreciate all of you hanging out here with us. So as we continue to roll on here, Greg, we've got the Nets and the Spurs. And this is a fun one here, at least on paper. Of course, uh, for Brooklyn first, we know there's no Kevin Durant. He's not playing before the All-Star break, which is only days away at this point anyway. So you have James Harden and Kyrie Irving, who are uh, you know just routinely in good spots without that third option, You know, always projected for 5X value plus. Uh, Harden especially, he is projected for north of 60 fantasy points. And yes, he went cold the other night, but generally speaking is you know regularly doing well. 
Uh, some of the pay down options. I mean, there's always that case to be made for a Joe Harris, uh, you know, maybe occasionally DeAndre Jordan. I never trust Jeff Green, although admittedly, sometimes he is in a good spot. It's a personal bias there. But, you know, after the studs, assuming that you do like both the studs, is there anybody else for you? Yeah, so once again, some injury news. You just mentioned Jeff Green. He's questionable. Like he's dealing with an ankle injury. Uh was a shoulder injury it was and then uh, Timothy Luau Cabarro he's questionable like he's dealing with a knee injury so there is some potential for value here if neither of those guys could play um Landry Shamit last game he ended up playing 27 minutes with uh, those guys out he also played 29 minutes the game before so he's somebody that we could look at as a punt option if Jeff Green and TLC are both out Bruce Brown, uh, his, he's priced up a little bit, but he would become uh, in a more advantageous spot if Green and TLC can't play. Uh, if both of them play, then the only two guys that I'm considering are James Harden and Kyrie Irving on the high end, with Harden being a much higher priority play. Uh, Harden is my overall uh, top projected player on the slate, so definitely somebody that I'm going to want to get to. A uh, favorable matchup against the Spurs, also a game with a 233.5 total, so second highest total on the slate behind the Utah-New Orleans game. And we know where basically all the production is coming from. It's coming from James Harden. It's coming from Kyrie Irving. And that's going to account for the majority of the Nets points and fantasy points. So uh, Harden, the preferred spend-up option. But Kyrie is also somebody that I'm going to likely be overweight to the field on. We got the 200 likes. You guys are great. Keep it coming. Appreciate you. For uh, the Spurs, and thank you, Jordan, for letting us continue on for the next 20 minutes or so. DeMar DeRozan, DeJounte Murray, uh, Patty Mills, obviously, is a pay-down guy. Roughly half the price of those two, or close to it anyway. Marcus Aldridge, maybe not in the best spot. Those are it's a very top-heavy Spurs offense and fantasy options as well. But uh, DeRozan and Murray in particular are, are these guys. If you're thinking about more of a balanced lineup and and they're priced favorably to that degree, are these guys that you want to maybe consider both getting in? Only one, neither. How do you view it? All right, so we have to talk about the COVID situation here because uh, Rudy Gay is out, Devin Vassell is out, Derek White is out, and uh, Quandry uh, Witherspoon is out. Keldon Johnson has been out because of COVID protocols, but he's listed as questionable to play. So my understanding is that he's passed all of the protocols and he's good to go, but his con- they're not sure what his conditioning is like. So depending on whether he's fit enough to play, he'll be out there and then and then from there, I don't know what to expect. So he could start and he could play full minutes. He could come off the bench and play limited minutes. It, should, it could be some combination of the two. Uh, but whether he's in or out is going to have a fairly significant impact uh, just from standpoint of Lonnie Walker has been a good value play as of late. Uh, Trey Lyles has been somebody who's been viable as a value option. And if Keldon Johnson is back in the mix, he's going to take away minutes and usage from both of those guys. Uh, DeJounte Murray and DeMar DeRozan, they've both had some good games as of late because of the of how, how shorthanded the Spurs have been and the COVID situation they're dealing with. But the issue is that now these guys have been priced up. So DeJounte Murray the other day when he was one of the top plays on the slate, he was 7,500 at that time. Now he is 8,400 on FanDuel and he is 8,100 on DraftKings. So now that he's priced to that point, it's it, it, it's too high for me to want to pay for him on a slate where I'm prioritizing other spend-up options and uh, DeRozan's also gotten to be a lot more expensive. He is now up to, um, well, 8,000 flat on FanDuel isn't too bad. He was a little bit cheaper uh, earlier when he first came back. He was 7,600 uh, for his first couple of games back after leaving the team for personal reasons, but still 8,000, the $400 price increase on FanDuel. That's enough for me to not really want to prioritize DeMar DeRozan. Uh, so where I'm really going to be looking at is if Keldon Johnson isn't able to play, 
uh, Patty Mills and Bonnie Walker's two guys that I look at on the cheap end. And then uh, not too much else that I want to see uh, from the guys like the spend up option. Like I said, DeJounte Murray and Jamar DeRozan, the price tag is, is a little too rich for me. Couple games still to get to. Get your questions in. YouTube channel, of course, in the chat there or on the Osmo Premium Slack channel, whatever it is. Uh, you know, assuming they are reasonable, intelligent, and and not mean, we'll answer them. So get your questions out to us. And of course, we always appreciate the super chats. This one here from uh Justin says, huge shout out to you fellas. Took top 10 in the $44 DK last night, going to invest the winnings and finally getting behind that paywall. Love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, the other thing too is if people are thinking about signing up for for a membership, but they're unsure about it, mm-hmm. I mean, you start with a weekly pass and then you can find out like, oh, do I like the tools? Am I comfortable with them? And then you could you come, you troll me in the Slack chat. You ask me a million questions. You tell me I look stupid. And yeah, I love all that. So uh, definitely, I think that if you're unsure, but you might have interest, start with a, you could start with a weekly pass and then just try everything out. And then, uh, and then take it from there. Maybe, like Adam said there, with with uh, our friend here, just left super chat. Maybe sign up for a weekly pass, make a bunch of money using it, and then uh, then use that to sign up for a pass for the rest of the season. Another one here from Andrew. Uh, super chats are coming fast and furious. Love you guys. It's great. It says uh, Greg took your advice, joined Osmo Plus. Great content and uh, Cruncher definitely helped. Only discrepancy: House and Gordon kept popping up, and I took zero percent of them. Thank God. Oh, I think that I think that probably worked for yesterday. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Rockets. Eric Gordon did, didn't even get to ten points yesterday, did he? Do, the Rockets c- continue to get their faces kicked in. Like they cannot play competitive games. It is the most absurd thing. Like it, the, the game starts at eight o'clock. I'll go eat, you know, dinner or whatever. Come back, look at the score. It's like, oh, look at that. The Rockets are down by thirty, and the starters are out of the game at halftime because they they just don't play in competitive games. Even when they even on the off time, on the off times they win, they end up winning by like twenty five points. It's the dumbest team. I'm t- I'm tired of them. Yeah, yesterday was one of those days where you're happy to hit three hundred plus in spite of Eric Gordon and just uh, you know pray around that. Man, he was bad. No question about it. All right, let's go to Cleveland and Houston. We will save the Gordon slander for the other side of this game. First, the Cavaliers. Jared Allen, who has become the new Andre Drummond, but better. From a fantasy production standpoint, he's been very, very good, uh, as we know, and shouldn't come as any great shock since coming over from the Nets. Colin Sexton's in a good spot. You could pay down. JaVale McGee is in a good spot. Pay way down for him, 3400 bucks. Um, you know, Darius Garland oftentimes is in the conversation. I'm not so sure he's a guy you want to target tonight. Who stands out to you for the Cavs? First off, I have to, cause you mentioned Andre Drummond and I, I mean, I bring his name up and it just, it just triggers people in the chat. They don't like my Andre Drummond takes. They're tired of it, but I took so much heat online for saying when I thought that Jared Allen was better than Andre Drummond and, and that I didn't think Andre Drummond was going to be a real asset to a contender. You were actually, you were on the show when that news first yeah, broke. Yeah, when the news and it was, broke, we were on yeah, the I've, I've been getting I've been getting messages about that for weeks ever since then about what I said about <laughs> Andre Drummond. But look where we're at now. Jared Allen is playing, to me at least, substantially better than when Andre Drummond was playing when he was with, with Cleveland. I feel like it's, I feel like people have to think it was a much less of a hot take to say that Jared Allen is better than Andre Drummond. I think that Allen's played very well since taking over. And then also Andre Drummond, it's not like I'm on an Island saying, I don't think that he could help a contender because you know, who's traded for him so far. Nobody. There's not even, there's not even rumors about Andre Drummond going anywhere at this point because nobody gives a shit about him. So buyout city. Yeah. So I, I mean, if, if this guy was as valuable as people would like him to be, why are, why are no teams lining up to make offers? Why is he sat? Let's see. When's the last time he played? Contracts. Nobody wants that contract. 
it's a one-year deal though. So it's not like anybody's taking yeah. a long-term commitment on him. True. He, he, he's been on, it's been almost a month now that he's, that he's been on, on the bench for Cleveland and nobody's, nobody's hitting up the phones to try to get him on the team. So, I mean, clearly I'm not the only one who doesn't think that he's some all-star caliber center is going to put a team over the top. Uh, so you feel yeah. though that, you know, it's one thing to think, and I, I agree with you that like Jared Allen's Allen's superior player, do you feel he is the superior fantasy performer though? No, no. Andre Drummond's Andre Drummond's better from a fantasy standpoint. And ultimately uh, that's probably what the people care about who are trolling you. No, not really. Not really. There's people who just think I'm an idiot. Uh, that's, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but cause no, cause there's, there's also been a lot of people like, no, I want like, I remember. Okay. So like one guy said to me, if the, if the nets get Andre Drummond, just, just end the season. He said that like, they, yeah, they, they, just, they would the just title. be locked for championships. And it's like, yeah. I don't even know that he helps them just because Andre Drummond's it's like he's gonna he's gonna hurt their floor spacing. He's gonna take shots away from Kyrie Irving and James Harden and Kevin Durant. Uh, so I don't even know if that would be the case. I think they're better off playing small. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty indicative of what teams think of him that there's not we don't we don't get Woj bombs. We're like hey, this, this team is considering discussing a trade for Nothing. for for Drummond. There was you know there was rumors about the Raptors for a hot minute. Right. Those died within five minutes. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with them, but I feel a little vindicated at least at this point that Jared Allen's Griffin, playing same well. Thing. Like these guys are just sitting there not playing. Yeah. F- former, former teammates also. And yeah. um, I do wonder if that playoff run took a little bit out of him. I definitely think it did with Blake Griffin. Cause remember I, now we're getting a little off track, but whatever we've got, we've only got two, two games to talk about and some time to kill, but remember Blake Griffin played so well in that Pistons playoff push uh, mm-hmm. up to the point where they got swept in the first round by the Bucks, but he was barely able to walk in that series. Right. And he really pushed to play through it. And he's never been the same since then he had to undergo knee surgery afterwards. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with Andre Drummond. And by the way, if Andre Drummond goes to a contender and plays well, I will happily take my loss. I don't think that's going to be the case though, but, but we will see. And uh, certainly come troll me if he does end up going to a contender and playing well, as for this slate, uh, Chetty Osman, he is questionable play. He's dealing with a back injury. If he's out, we've seen Dean Wade start in his place, and uh, Wade would make for a viable, cheap option. I would avoid him if Chetty Osman is in. Uh, on the high end, Jared Allen, certainly in consideration for me on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, going up against Houston, who now that they do, they still don't have Christian Wood, they don't have DeMarcus Cousins, even though DeMarcus Cousins wasn't playing well for them, they just don't have big men now. They They started Justin Patton yesterday. Maybe that'll be the case again. Uh, but either way, like Jared Allen, he should be able to dominate Justin Patton. If they go with PJ Tucker at center, I think Jared Allen would be able to kick his ass also. Uh, so Jared Allen, definitely somebody who I like as a high end center play. Uh, and then Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, two other guys who I'm also going to have interest in. Darius Garland has just not been expensive enough on Fandle or DraftKings for, I can't even remember the last time he was priced with like a decent price tag. He's 6,400 on, uh FanDuel is 6900 on DraftKings and he was over 7k at one point in the season but that was uh I don't know like two months ago now at this point so until Darius Garland's price gets back up to that 7k mark he's he's going to be somebody that I want to target all right let's return then to the Houston slander and uh people hoping and praying for better results with Eric Gordon tonight and he's you know maybe Alex just has a soft spot for him because he is projected for 35 plus points on DK and uh, almost six X value at 6,300 bucks. Victor Oladipo sitting at uh, pretty close to the same and better point production around 45. He's $7,700. There are pay down guys, David Nwaba, Sterling Brown, guys like that. 
Uh, I don't think it's Daniel House uh, kind of night where you want to roster him. But in particular, Gordon and obviously just this team, because like you said, it's been getting its collective heads bashed in, you know, lost by about 50 points last night. What is your approach to the Rockets tonight? Yeah, I, I do actually think that Eric Gordon is a good play. Uh, yesterday's uh, crappy game notwithstanding, but John Wall likely not going to be playing. This is the tail end of a back-to-back, and John Wall has not been playing in back-to-backs this year. Maybe that changes because they got beat so bad that he barely had to play any minutes yesterday and for being really didn't do much when he was on the court either. But back-to-back situation, so I'm assuming John Wall sits. I have him marked out right now, and if that's the case, Eric Gordon this year, uh, nearly 4% usage bump when when uh, when John Wall's off the court. And then Eric Gordon also for the year, he scores nearly 40 DraftKings points per 36 minutes when John Wall's off the court. So if we consider that Eric Gordon's going to play somewhere in the neighborhood of 36 minutes, if the Rockets could actually play in a competitive game, then yeah, then you have to expect that he's going to be one of the better plays on the slate relative to his salary. And as for this game potentially being a blowout, Houston is two and a half point favorites. So as much as they've been non-competitive in recent games, I can't look at a two and a half point spread and just be like, well, they're going to, they're going to lose by 30 again. It, it, it probably will end up happening again, just because that seems to what, that seems to be what happens every night, hmm. but in a game that's lined this close two and a half points, that's actually the, the tightest spread on the slate. The next closest game is um, uh, Denver four and a half point favorites playing in Chicago. So two and a half, I have to assume this is going to be a competitive game. I think Houston's going to have to lean on Victor Oladipo. They're going to have to lean on Eric Gordon. And as a value option, if Justin Patton starts again, then I think that he's somebody who's who's worth punting. If he comes off the bench, you just ignore him. But if he's a starter, then he's a good value play. All right, last game, and we'll get to some odd stuff in a little bit as well before we sign off. And keep hitting that like button here on YouTube. We appreciate you. I'm going to shill for him like, like Angleman, like Spags. I mean, like you read about, I'm going to tell you to hit that like button. Because uh, it is, it's 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 how we decide whether or not we've we've had any fun. Uh, Charlotte and Portland, you got the Hornets, uh, Lamelo Ball, solid spot. PJ Washington still with, as you mentioned, Cody Zeller out, great spot. Gordon, oh no, no Co- Cody out. Cody Zeller isn't out. Oh no, Cody Zeller is, is he not out? Well, that's going to change some things then, because at the moment, uh, our guy Alex hasn't projected for zero points. So Cody Zeller is questionable. Devontae Graham is questionable and Gordon Hayward is questionable. So, okay. So uh, somebody, it's going to shake things up if you're, if you're hanging out, looking at uh, projections on Osmo plus right now. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean they're going to play either, but a no. lot of times, a lot of times when guys are listed as questionable, Alex will take a stand and either have them marked in or marked out. He yeah. just has them out right now. So sure. yeah, there is, if these guys are out, there's a whole lot of value. Yeah, it's just hard to know for sure. And when you're creating projections, there is no in-between situation. You're either marking them in or out, which is also one of the hard things with making projections sometimes, you know, 10 hours before a slate starts. Uh, But but yeah, so this is going to have so much sway on the slate, because when we talk about potential value spots, there is a ton of value on Charlotte. If any combination of Gordon Hayward, Cody Zeller and Devontae Graham are all out. But if those guys are all in then it's not then it's not a good spot to be targeting Charlotte. And what also makes this potentially really tricky, this game starts at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> it is the last game on the slate, and there, aren't even eno- there isn't even another game remotely close to in terms of start time. So most of the games start early. We have Cleveland-Houston starting at 9 p.m. So what makes this really hard is there's a really strong chance that we might not know whether Gordon Hayward, Cody Zeller, Devontae Graham, these guys all might be questionable after the game before this lock. So you could be going into the late game, having no clue which of these guys are playing. And there could be a lot of value that opens up on PJ Washington. 
There could also be a situation where PJ Washington is a terrible, terrible points per dollar play, and you get, and you get stuck with him heading into the late game because there's nobody to swap to. Uh, Does so that I'm hoping have you play it safe and just fade the game. Uh, I think we wait for more news and just hope that it breaks our way, or maybe there's a beat reporter that gives us some sort of inclination in terms of which way these guys are leaning. But right right now, it's just hard to say. And I know that I know that people hate the waffling or the hedging or whatever. But when there's a handful of guys that are listed as questionable from a team it's hard to give out definitive information that would be anything other than a guess. Like if I just came out and said that, Hey, Cody Zeller's out tonight or Cody Zeller's in, I don't know that for sure. I would just be guessing and pulling and pulling stuff out of my ass just for the purpose of giving out information. But I don't want to do that. I just want to give it as it is. And I don't know whether these guys are playing or not because the list is questionable. They've, they've missed time recently. All three of those guys were out last night. Uh, We just, there's no way to know for sure if that's going to be the situation that when the game starts, uh in about 11 and a half hours from now it really is so far away um all right well that in mind then let's uh take a look at at the other side the portland side and and see what we can figure out at least on on you know what we can glean there and do remember you know as as long as information is out before lock and i'm not talking about lock lock but lock of that game and you're considering late swaps then uh you know at least at that point in time there's there's the other team you can pivot to, and there are a lot of options here uh, as things stand currently. You got uh, Damian Lillard, who's certainly in a great spot. Now, he's a guy you're going to pencil in regardless, probably, um, you know, if you're looking toward that game in general. And as Cantor is a guy that maybe you're not originally playing, but he's a guy you can pivot to, especially if you're thinking about Washington versus Cantor and staying at the same position because you could get locked in there. Uh, you've got uh, you know, maybe not Gary Trent. Robert Covington is in a solid spot tonight. Uh, you could pay down, look toward, you know, Anthony Simons as well. Who do you like here for the Blazers? Yeah, so Dame is a great payup option on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, just to reiterate what I said before, James Harden, Damian Lillard, those are my two primary spend-up options for the slate. Uh, Ennis Kanner, I also think, makes for a really strong, uh, va- uh, not value play, but he's a little bit underpriced, particularly on FanDuel at center. Uh, we have Ennis Kanner. He's only priced at 6300 on FanDuel, he's viable on DraftKings also at 7,200, but that $900 price difference on him, that makes that makes a whole bunch of difference. So at least for FanDuel cash games, I think Ennis Kanter is definitely the guy you want to be playing at center. There's other plays that I like as well at the position, but for cash game purposes, Ennis Kanter, I think, is the guy to go to for uh, FanDuel center. And those are really the only two guys that I'm looking at getting exposure to right now. Uh you mentioned Robert Covington, Gary Trent, Carmelo Anthony, all these guys about fairly priced to me. And I'm assuming we're going to get a lot better value to open up on the cheaper end. So Ennis Kanter, best overall center play on FanDuel, solid play on DraftKings as well. And then uh, Lillard, definitely a priority play on both sites. All right. want to tell you, do not make a bet without shopping for the best odds first. We tell you all the time, betting lines, they can change by the minute and can vary greatly depending, obviously, on which book you're looking at. That's why it's so important to use the Osmo Odd Shopper, which has got the best line available to you for any game that you're betting on. gives you that edge that you need to beat the house. Uh, Head on over to oddshopper.osmo.com. We compile the best bets available for every single game, updated in real time, sign up for free, and track your bets, receive alerts when lines change when they move so uh i think uh, in the spirit of dfs and opportunity and high scoring and all that good stuff that we like to talk about here with the nba how about we take a look at the game totals and uh for tonight at the moment the top line uh there are a few that are close but the top line is that utah and new orleans game 
235 and a half is the over 236 being uh, uh, or minus 110 being uh, for that over under minus 105 going under. So what are you thinking? Is is that the game that you are most inclined to target versus another just because, again, a whole lot of points? No, not at all. I mean, because New Orleans going up against Utah, so that's one of the tougher. That's yeah. still one of the tougher spots on the slate. So, New Orleans is one of the teams that I have the least amount of interest in uh, rostering tonight. Charlotte and Portland, then, or uh, is is that just going to be very injury dependent to you? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's still. I'm all. I'm going to be basing it all on points per dollar plays, yeah. and that's more than more than not going to be based on who's ruled in and who's ruled out. So. For Charlotte, we talked about all those injuries there where it's Cody Zeller's questionable, Devontae Graham's questionable, Gordon Hayward's questionable. If those guys are out, then yeah, Charlotte for sure becomes the top team on the slate to target. And it helps that the game is a high total, right? Because we expect mm-hmm. to be a good game environment. Portland's a favorable matchup. But I'm still basing it on who I think the best points per dollar plays are. And so then, I mean, guys like Terry Rozier and P.J. Washington that have been popular lately, they become very, very weak plays if Hayward, Zeller, and Graham all return to the lineup. Looking at some of the player props, and I'm zeroing in on Luka Doncic here, who's taking on Orlando a little bit later on. Uh, looks like his over-under for points is sitting at 28.5 at uh, most places, 29.5 for some. Obviously, that's the general vicinity where people are going to be looking at him. So uh, let's, just for the sake of argument, put it at 29.5. You going over or under for Luka? Uh, well, I think for the sake of argument, let's say 28.5, because that's right, the best fine. number, right? That's, that's the whole one. point. That's the whole point of odd shop or why we shopping for odds and taking the worst line possible. We want to take, we want to take the best line. That's uh, fair. I mean, I guess it, it will, it depends if you're looking at the over under that is, but yeah. at least 28 and a half, I, I have Luca project for actually pretty close to 30 points. So with that in mind, I think the over 28 and uh, over 28 and a half is a pretty good number. And then obviously if you were inclined to bet the under, then you want to look at the 29 and a half as opposed to 28 and a half, but yeah, uh, over 28 and a half points, I actually think is a decent line for Luca. How about uh, I'll go to point spreads here. Get us out of here. The uh, the Nets minus four and a half. The Spurs plus five and a half. Those are the best lines available to you on Odd Shopper anyway. But um, let's just uh, because let's split the difference. Let's call it five. Uh, minus five, obviously with Brooklyn favored here. Uh, are you going over or under? Uh, indifferent. I- I'm gonna go- I'm gonna circle back to the Charlotte Portland game really quick though. Okay. Because the way you find value in DFS and we find value in sports betting, there's a whole lot of overlap there. It's it's based on which players are in or out, and then how much the line does or doesn't move based on that news. So Portland currently favored by six points. It's it's kind of a hedge line in between whether those guys for Charlotte end up playing or sitting. So if Gordon Hayward, Cody Zeller, and Devontae Graham all end up playing, that line is immediately going to move from Portland by six to probably something like Portland by four, Portland by four and a half. So if those guys all end up playing, then I'd be looking to jump on Charlotte point uh, plus six, and that would be one of the stronger plays on the slate. All right, seven-game slate tonight. Remember, lots of news still to come over the course of the day. You want to make sure you follow that Osmo NBA Twitter handle, the Osmo underscore com Twitter handle. Get it to 30,000 follows uh, so that, you know, obviously uh, Greg and I can take all the credit for that. And then make sure you follow our guy, News God, read Ship My Money's article, all that good stuff that is available to you. And over the course of the rest of this Monday here, you have got, let's see, the PGA DFS first look 2 p.m. Eastern uh, NHL strategy show at three o'clock tip off comes your way at four and uh, Greg will be back for that along with Eric and Kayla you have got at five o'clock the NBA deeper dive six NBA live before lock 
And uh, 8 o'clock, a little bit later on, NBA Late Slate Live before lock with a couple of games that, uh, based on all that injury stuff that we talked about, a lot of information could be very, very relevant for those two games. You want to make sure you tune in for that. But always a pleasure being here with you on a Monday morning, Greg. It's always fun. I'll be back on Thursday with Josh. Same time, same show, just a different co-host. And, uh, you know, Greg will be back about a zillion times before Thursday rolls around. Our thanks to Jordan as well. Greg, see you, buddy. 